Borag Thong Earthlets! It's Conrad with a special message from Space Spinner 2000. Besides our regular end of 1985 spinnies, we want to do a 2018 year in review show. And as part of it, we thought it'd be fun to do an AMA between ourselves and with questions from you, the listeners. So feel free to ask us anything about the show, Fox or myself personally, 2000 AD, or any other deep philosophical questions you might be pondering, and we'll do our best to answer. The show will come out soon after New Year's, so get those questions in now. You can submit them to us by using any of our social media, at SpaceSpinner2K on Twitter, SpaceSpinner2000 on Facebook or Instagram, on the 2080 forums, or via email at SpaceSpinner2000 at gmail.com. I hope to hear from you soon, and happy holidays from all of us at Space Spinner 2000. Splendigvertrig! Borak Thong Earthlets, my name is Conrad, alongside my friend Fox, and this is the 142nd episode of Space Spinner 2000, a podcast where two Americans try to make sense of the UK's own galaxy's greatest comic, 2000 AD, one month of progs at a time. This episode, we're covering 2000 AD for January 1986, progs 451 to 454. This time, we'll fight the Warlord with Judge Dredd, continue through the Tomb of Terror with Slain, adventure in the past with the Strontium Dogs, come back to life with Ace Trucking, and join the Space Army with Halo Jones. Aw yeah, new year, but old faces, man. I love this comic book. Ugh. Did so much That's right. math. A lot of math, I'll tell you. Also, this is a special New Year- uh, This is a New Year's Eve edition of Space Spinner 2000. Oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, Happy New Year, or I guess, uh, you know, Sylvester, if you're uh, in, in Germany, which I am. Fair, fair enough. If you want to read along with us, you'll find the comics we're covering today in Judge Dredd, The Complete Case Files 9, Ace Trucking Volume 2, The, Com- the Ballad of Halo Jones Book 3, Slain the King, and Strontium Dog Search Destroy Agency Files 3. You gotta collect them and then you do them. And, uh, you know, speaking of uh, fresh starts, Fox, for this new year. Oh, hell yeah. Let's have a dirty start or a sad start <laughs> with... Uh, <laughs> Thrill One, The Ballad of Halo Jones, Book Three. It's a cat's blood kind of day, man. It always is. Uh, script about Alan Moore, art about Ian Gibson, lettering about Richard Starkings. Here we go! Is oh, cat's man. blood replacing Mac Mac? <laughs> is Conrad replacing Fox? Okay, is, so. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> is reaction replacing space spinner 2000 i mean not in terms of overall episodes i'll say plus you know space spinner reactions got a got a designated shelf life you know we're gonna get like tw- like 15 episodes out of that then we're on to the things but That's anyhow so great on the planet on the podcast yeah anyway uh, thanks buddy yeah. on the planet puck everybody just drink space the space booze cat's blood all day fox it's rough uh, as a uh, cat's owner i can verify that cat's blood is neither tasty nor uh gets you drunk i think it's just called that because they say it's distilled from local funguses yeah, uh, it was the whole place gross. is down and out 
Yeah, it's a it's a it's a ghost world that's been passed by by the rest of the universe by shipping lines and stuff. Halo Jones has ended up there in forty nine sixty. It's nine years after the end of book two, and also I should say that this is the 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 prologue for book three. It's not the actual start. Hmm. We get a montage of Halo Jones traveling the galaxy, drifting from job to drifting from jobs to jobs, um, and the, uh, as the world continues to turn. No, she's having a rough a rough period. We learn about like a massive slaughter in the hoop by wealthy Manhattanites. Halo gets a job on Vescue, which is this wood world, a planet full of trees. Horrific. Where the trees Yeah, they've all evolved to have screaming human faces and then make the sound of screaming children when you right. try to chainsaw them. Uh <laughs> she she lasts three days. It's crazy. Yeah. It's like even the most hardened people last for a month, but she yeah, lasted yeah. three days. Out of there. There's a montage of her of, of her travel. She works as an iceberg smuggler because water exports have been halted on Earth because mm. of the continuing war war with the Tarantula Nebula. We see her working as a baby farmer and eventually getting arrested for vagrancy. Eventually, though, Halo is 29 years old, left with little more than the memories of her youth and the oblivion of cat's blood. Her <sighs> hopes and dreams, those have all dried up. It's the bleakest of openings. <laughs> it's really just, it's so Halo Jones. It's so horrible. Yeah, she just we we see her just getting getting drunk and get tossed out of uh, out of a bar. They specifically talk about her like remembering being eighteen years old and dancing with Lux Rothchop and stuff. Yeah. Oh, it's real sad. It's really just horrible. I feel like they had a, a book planned here to kind of go through these weird adventures, and it just kind of had to get smushed. Oh out. yeah. Well, a little bit, but I mean, I think it's sort of drifting and picking high points. I mean, there were there were yeah. books planned after this, I think, but we should probably talk uh, about that more at the, towards the end of Halo Jones than at the start here, you know. Okay. Um, anyhow, yeah. Dum 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 dum. Halo dreams of cobwebs, death, and a door-marked way out that leads straight into a spider's web. Among the dead are Rodice and maybe Glyph, among others. Halo wakes up screaming and finds the town b- bustling as a glory barge has arrived with offers of jobs. The just domes a, just are coming now. Yeah. She's she's looking great, man. Twenty nine. Oh yeah. has, has aged her well. <laughs> yeah, like a fine wine. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, so the 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 dums are coming from a drum as a military ship has arrived with recruitment offers. It's the classic, you know, go interesting places, meet interesting people, wear fancy uniforms. <laughs> One person wearing a uniform. It's Halo's old friend from the Clara Pandy toy. Whoa. Oh, my God. I forgot how massively tall this woman is. Yeah, she's like seven feet tall or something. And they have a giant, like, ee reunion, which is pretty awesome. <laughs> it's very cute. And they quickly head to the local bar and get drunk, as you do. Yeah. Toys had her toys lost her ear, but had it replaced by a cyber ear that gets all her audio soaps that she would listen to in the last story too. It's pretty fucking she, excellent. Definitely. She lays the hard sell to recruit Halo. And you know, sure, Halo's just had this weird dream about spider webs and they are at war with the tarantula <laughs> nebula, but I'm sure it'll be fine. I mean they don't actually fight tarantulas, it's just that's just the name of the place, you know. Yeah, it's man. like you I'm don't sure it's just you some don't weird fight. premonition crap. Yeah, I mean, if you go to war with Tur- with Turkey, you don't actually fight, like, uh, Tom Gobblers or anything. But anyhow, <laughs> um, 
The two friends pile into the glory barge and its door, clo- it's, and its doors close behind them. And it's more than a little ominous. Like you get a sense of like, it's, it's like, it's like a monster eating them almost or something. Yeah. It I actually mean, I, really, I will yeah. say like, uh, you know, if I ever open up my own, uh, private military company, having any ship that mm-hmm. we sail on be called, you know, just a, a glory barge is such good marketing. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I just want to say also that the ship looking like it's eating them really reminds me of this earlier Alan Moore future shock where these um, bounty hunters are going after this guy that's like a shape changer. And then it turns out that he's turned into their ship and like eats them like that. Th- those oh, two ships yeah. kind of look similar to me, at least yeah. in my memory, I guess. Interesting. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So Halo. Remember that. Yeah. A little bit of a callback, maybe. But so Halo and Toy arrive, uh, arrive in their barracks, barracks in Beta Platoon. And it looks like this is where all the defect troopers go. As we see a lady fighting another lady covered in tattoos over, like, leftover rations, basically. It's ridiculous. I love I love just the conversation that's going on. It's just, get, get it out of your mouth. I want this back. It's like, spit it out. Don't you even fucking <laughs> yeah. swallow it. Like, it's just so weird it's real what, what real high level low. have well we find out man because we go through their training right mm. um like we see both halo and toy get killed frequently during training maneuvers uh they're listening to audio soaps during propaganda sessions and like it's tough because even the upsides don't work like they, like halo and toy try to hit on some dudes and they don't even like uh like like get anywhere you know they're yeah. they're, they're bragging of being able to of a put a man's eye out with their thumbs is not uh attractive fellas which seems weird yeah. to me but whatever yeah <laughs> i mean like that's i find that to be an attractive quality in a woman gouging I mean, gouging be- people's eyes out seems to be really just a helpful skill yeah at least the knowledge of it you know yeah. but so halo and toy are we see halo and toy about to be dropped into into war zone 18 which i guess is this the 18th least impo- or most important war zone in the uh, in the front <laughs> And there's a pretty funny part where, you know, through all this recruiting stuff, they've been saying that 40% of, of soldiers never see active combat. Oh, God. And we find out that that's true because only 60% um, of troopers have parachutes that work and allow them to drop into war zones. Excellent marketing Anyhow. material. Jones away. Oh, God. So we're in War Zone 18. The world is called Lobus Loyo, and Halo is one of the Koyoks, the invading army doing a ton of counterinsurgency work. It's really rough. I think this is really interesting just because if this was an American writer writing this, I definitely, you know, it'd be obviously Vietnam, right? Yeah. Um, But with, you know, I I don't know Moore's history, but this seems like, you know, I feel like this sort of counterinsurgency stuff with locals that don't like you and whose language you don't speak and stuff mm. is a big part in like the 80s of uh, vietnam and i wonder where like if if more is just sort of seeing like being interested in this on tv or if there's a similar english like i don't know like match up to it or something like that well i mean the english occupied a lot of places for a long time right so that's true but i don't know if they did like in the 70s and 80s i guess That's like when fair. More would be like a young man or something. Mm. Um, but anyhow, um, we see a montage of Barrack's life. Toy keeps busy with audio soaps. Halo is making friends with the stuttering Mona and mm. is scared of a woman known as Life Sentence who's re-enlisted in the army uh, 11 times and has a weird necklace. Ugh. Later, 
The platoon has to wear these silly hats and dress uniforms as they're visited by General Louise Cannibal, who we've been hearing about since book one, actually, in the run-up to the Tarantula War. God, this man is awesome and covered in snakes. Yeah. He's a gigantic dude. He's got a lot of snake imagery, a big old sword and stuff. He's real cool. And he's got, like, tusks. It's awesome. Mm. Mona sees him and faints right away, and Cannibal seems to take an instant liking to Halo, who doesn't quite fear him, and they have, like, a con- he, like, he, like, takes her hand, and they have some kind of connection or something. Yeah. The general, the, the general says to fight harder and use this as training and combat experience for other tougher war zones. Two days later, Halo talks to Life Sentence. Ahead of an expedition into the jungle, Life Sentence doesn't like to be called that, says this is just her job. And I think that's really interesting because Halo's been talking about, been thinking that a lot recently as well. Like, oh, I just want to have work and stuff. Yeah. And not realizing that she might be on the path to being like this Life Sentence person. Jesus. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, we learn also that the necklace of what Halo thinks is dried figs around her neck is actually freaking ears, buddy. Yeah, super <laughs> gross, super creepy. Definitely. Next time on Halo Jones, the petrified forest. So we now have two half-orcs in our uh, Halo Jones comic, which I think is kind of neat. <laughs> and uh, and like maybe, uh, maybe a chaotic, neutral, weird... Uh, evil, maybe kind of evil lady called Life Sentence, but don't call her Life Sentence because I, I guess she'll just fucking kill you. I mean, yeah, she doesn't like, you know, she doesn't want people to think she's weird. She's just doing her job or something. <laughs> but uh, it's hard. It's it's rough stuff, man. I'm, yeah. But I do think it's really interesting that, you know, they are giving us some illusions of, of similarities between Halo and Life Sentence this early. Mm. And I'm just really, I love, you know, man. I Sorry, I've just reread everything, so I'm just real excited to get further into Halo Jones Ooh. and stuff. But this is a cool opening, especially like the part with, um, with the dream and the spider webs and stuff. That's really neat. Mm. And just like, I love the relationship between Jones and Toy as well. And them just yeah. sort of like being real friends and going on this adventure together. Is, is really interesting. And I think it also does an interesting, I, like, I really love how they just do the, uh, like, the combination of boredom and terror that I read. So, you know, I, I've, like, I, I'm not a soldier myself, but I, I, I took a, I, I took a college course, like, one of my, uh, big college courses was a big thing about the Vietnam War. So I've, I've mm. read a lot of stuff about it. And so this feels really close to, like, to sort of how soldiers talk about it, about how, like, long periods of boredom and then moments of, like, terror, of, of being terrified and stuff. Jesus. Um, so this really set the mood for me. There's a part later in this that really feels like um, the book, the, the, thi- the, the things they carry, and I'll call that out, too. Mm. Um, it's an interesting thing. You know, like, the, the first half of Halo Jones Book 3 is the things they carry. The second half is the Forever War. But we'll get to that later. Anyhow. Oh. All right. <laughs> Damn. Awesome. Yeah. I'm so excited to get into this. This is one of the, you know, this is one of the classic, like, Halo, like, uh, 2000 AD thrills, you know? So, um, super stoked to, man, for, that we get to talk about it, that we're here in the middle of it, you know? Yeah, man. Strong opening. Depressing. And uh, that's kind of how I like it. <laughs> Always. Gotta be depressing. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, <laughs> you know, you start depressing to get die. Just, you start depressing and depressing because that's how you want to go on just like you start with complicated math because that's how you want to go on in <laughs> thrill t- <laughs> thrill to slain and you are slain scripted by pat mills david Pugh, or scripted by uh, pat mills art robot david Pugh, glenn fabry and gary leach letting robot steve potter 
man. <laughs> it's just like from from kind of terrifying, sad uh, Halo Jones into just like I'm gonna I'm gonna grab a woman by her tongue and throw her into people slain. It's just okay, always, yeah. <laughs> so we're so you know we're still in this in this tomb of terror story for slain. So it's good. We're, so we're gonna do it in two parts. One is the is the adventure for a prog, and then or the uh, the, uh, the the comic adventure, and then this adventure game you are slain that we're going through. Hell yeah! In this one, I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah. So. Celtic warrior slain and his buddies are dungeon crawling through the tomb of tomb of the ancient god Grinismo. There's a lot of people on the team, but a lot of them are red shirt, so it's fine. The team <laughs> sticks to the walls and avoids traps that fill the tomb of terror. We learn that new team member Gia doesn't like converted Scythron team member Oehu, probably because Oehu uh, experimented on her. In fact, explicitly for that reason. <laughs> Yeah, and then tossed her to the tender mercies of the evil Orgot-like guards, which didn't seem like a, like Ugh. it was a good scene either. No, there's a a brief discussion of animal testing ethics, which I think is pretty wow. funny as the team can as the team here is chanting. It's sort of like the uh, like it, to me, it's very similar to the movie Planet of the Apes, which has this discussion about experimenting on like mm. uh, chimpanzees in the middle of this like creature feature. I guess yeah, pretty much yeah. Uh, so we see that that the wraiths are um, created by the sleeping god Grimnismal's dreams, called the sloths, are chanting to bring him back to life. Some quick lock picking gets them into the room, and Slain grabs Oehu and just swings her around like a club to distract the sloths, <laughs> and then the fight starts. And uh, and she gets yes. gooed on a little bit, which I guess isn't so bad for her. I mean, I, I think it kills her, but yeah. Um, oh, see, I, oh, yeah, it, it does totally just it does goop totally out kill murder. Her. Yeah, no, it totally kills her. I completely forgot about that. <laughs> that I mean, it's not a real too bad, dick. I guess. Yeah, definitely. And once you know, again, previous... I, I, I just love the hand-waving that Mirrodin does for it, too. It's like, ah, oh, fuck her. Oh, yeah. It's like, damn, dude. Yeah. So previously, I feel like these sloths have just been living shadows, and now they've sort of gained some form, probably because Grimnismal's getting more powerful. So yeah, now they're these slime guys, and they slime you and stuff. They can still only be beaten by light, be it a torch or Slain's cool laser sword. Seems like the really bad things to just have around. I mean, they're good if you're like, you know, if they're your henchmen. Like, I'll have some henchmen that people have trouble killing, whatever. Well, I just uh, mean, the- like, that they had torches around, man, like... That seems oh, that's like right. th- yeah. That seems like not helpful for them ever. Well, counter, you know, counterpoint. All villains must sow the seeds of their own defeat. You know what I mean? That's <laughs> it's in the handbook, man. Are, yeah, that's why my lair is also full of like really powerful weapons for the party to find if they sort of find the secret doorways and stuff. Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> fair. I mean, you gotta hide them in secret doorways. Of course. Yes, yeah, so the slouts are beaten, but away who has taken some serious damage from their deadly slime. She dies calling slain an animal, and it's like, whatever, because like you said, like, all of them, including, like, boss ethicist Mirden has basically been saying, like, yeah, slain, just kill her, like, for a month, you know? So, it's, it's so <laughs> rough a, when, when Mr. Gotta Keep the Balance is like, ah, just straight up fucking kill her, and who gives a shit? I'm half yeah. Scytheron, like, okay, man. Uh, so, you know, this is a real real low-calorie low death here. Slain makes another murder poem, which, again, doesn't rhyme, so whatever. Yeah. And I it mean, looks like he's a barbarian. Pros- yeah. 
Yeah, it's true. Maybe it rhymes in Celtic or something. Uh, and it looks like the process to awaken Grinismo is already underway, so we'll have to head into the central tomb of the god, the Hypog the Hypogeum. <laughs> so let's also go back to this so let's go to the, the dice adventure game that we've got going yeah, in yeah, the yeah. Tomb of Terrors as well, Fox. Sounds good. Real good. So, You're suppo- yeah, please go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Okay, you're supposed to track a bunch of stuff week to week, including your warp rating, your treasure, and your total time. you got to play it using dice and so forth. As we start this week, I'm at 89 warp rating with 10 treasure and 5 hours and 40 minutes left. Awesome. So, I'm, And as I um, start, I am yeah. at uh, 96 warp strength, uh, 20 minutes left, uh, and... Oh, whoops. Yeah, and 10 treasure no, points. You- yeah, you, you've done 20 minutes, so you're at 540 yeah. like me. Oh, sorry. My warp um, strength is 88. My bad. Ooh. Oh, wow. Okay. So we let, so we, uh, let, last time I took chart a course for the tomb, and that mm-hmm. means in going the path I did, I got 80 treasure for a total of 90, and I set off a trap. The trap drops you into a swamp with a skeletal crocodile below, uh, which you can either, uh, which you can either waste your time or, uh, sorry, blah, blah. We, we, we got to fight the crocodile. There were a couple other options for leaving the room. You could either, which both like either wastes your time or forces you to fight a shoggy beast, which yeah. runs if you lose. So you don't get HP back from it. Uh, I beat the croc and netted seven warp rating from it. So I'm at 96 yeah. and the, the fight took 10 minutes and general adventure is another 10 minutes. So my times, uh, I, I have 520 left. How did you do Fox? I think you, you took the same path as me. Yeah, pretty much. So, shit. Am I? So I keep forgetting this. Do I add their warp rating to my warp rating? Yes. After you after you kill something, you you generally add its warp rating to your warp rating. Holy crap! I have not been doing that. Okay. So check this. Don't shit worry out. about it. So I yeah. took a route that only netted me thirty treasure. I also oh, no. snapped a trap and fucked a croc up so bad it was like two swings. That thing just like felled. Easy peasy nice. lemon squeezy, which I guess would put me in 90. I'll just do the fucking math later. Like, who cares? Okay. Yeah, no um, problem. <laughs> and so, yeah, I fucking totally murdered that crocodile. It did not stand a chance. I felt uh, super strong and powerful. Next time. Uh, not n- so, uh, n- nice. All right. So after that, we got to fight more sloths. I, I netted seven warp points here to go up to 103. And then we got to choose to do what... We got to choose what to do next, which is head into the tomb, look for a secret way, or go into some other door. I'm looking for a secret way. So I kind of got my ass handed to me a little bit, like at least oh, twice. No. This slough fucking punched me in the goddamn face. So I was down to 86, not adding anything because I'm a fucking ding dong. I, nice. I, hey, no I get now how XP works. I, was, I had that question. <laughs> and so uh, I, I'm ending with 86 warp rating. Uh, 30 treasure points um, uh, what is it like 70 minutes uh, off the clock and I chose uh, to fight my way out of the control room and turn right heading further into the tomb ooh alright so uh, in the comic Uko finds a secret passage and the crew fights more sloths which now have sweet maces and shields and stuff yeah. the sloths are using slime as a weapon which is a combo of gross and cool in my opinion <laughs> they're just barfing out of their hoods it's real nasty totally meanwhile in regular slime news the party is now in the sewers under the tomb i guess it's I very like how slimy nest, nest specifically calls out like oh don't worry about this slime because it's green 
that like it's harmless. Yeah. Like green slime is slime. fine. Yeah. <laughs> Murden thinks that this can take them to the dark god. Gia is against it, but the rest of the party starts to 2000 AD their way into the yes. sewer tunnels because, of course, that's how they do it. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> a, I, Leaving her behind. I love it, yeah. man. <laughs> the dampness of the tunnels soon puts out their torches and the crawling in darkness until a pair of mysterious eyes approaches them. Uko's freaked out and Ness suddenly finds a hatch above them. It turns out to be the high priest's washroom. And as the crew climbs out of the tunnel, a giant tunnel rat charges ahead, grabs Gia, and drags her away. It's pretty terrifying, especially when another giant sewer rat leaps out and attacks Nest. Oh my god, did you, like, there's so many upskirt shots in, like, the oh, yeah. <laughs> the last three pages. It's, like, butts everywhere. It's like, damn. Yeah, listen, this part of the Tomb of Terror is for the fellas, I guess. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, in the game, I chose correctly, avoiding a saber-toothed tiger and a crazy room that's actually a giant stomach. Oh, man, I definitely did not have that happen to me. <laughs> <laughs> What did you? Which one did you get? Did you get the stomach or did you get the tiger? I got I got the fucking tiger, which was pretty dope because after a fucking harrowing goddamn battle, dude. I mean, I don't know what was with me fighting this tiger, but it beat the shit out of me. I went from eighty six warp <laughs> rating down to seventy eight. Like I just I was rolling Whoa. duds for a little while. And what's nuts is that for the first time, I was uh, and this this is something that followed me through the rest of of my adventure. I was getting uh, equal hits with them, so it was just nulling itself out each time. Mm. So that that sort of sucked yeah. and prolonged like me rolling some dice. But in felling it, I earned, of course, forty or no, sorry, thirty treasure points. But I also gained twenty minutes. So at the end of the uh, fight, yeah. I was down to seventy-eight with sixty treasure points. Um, I am now at a uh, hundred minutes in, whatever. Uh, and I guess I earned 20 experience, and maybe you did too. Is that warp rating? Yeah. Yeah, God warp rating it. is the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, That's both didn't... like, yeah, it's like your your experience is sort of your life too, you know. God, this is like, it's 86, so some of those ter- some of these terms haven't been invented yet, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, and XP too. Also, I think, health. Fox, you might have 10 extra treasure, because we got 10 for free last time. So oh, if really? you got 30 from the tiger and 30 from the tomb this week, then you'd have 70. But oh, whatever. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll fucking add that to my end thing. Fine. Yeah. Fucking but yeah. Well, I'm not going to spoil it yet. Anyway, let's keep going. Oh, no. So when we got to the next room, we all we we, we all get 20 warp rating back. So I'm I got that too. So I'm at um 123. I'm feeling pretty good. Um, <laughs> and all this, and because I chose right, I, my, all my adventure only took me 10 minutes. So I'm at 510. So now we got to fight that rat. Um, and I took it out pretty easily, getting eight more warps. So I'm at 131, feeling like a boss. Nice. And <laughs> and uh, Nest wants to take a shower in the comics. Um, sorry. Um, yeah. So in um, so once we defeat that, Nest wants to take a shower. I get the feeling that, um, <laughs> or sorry, and and in the comics that we're reading, like the actual physical scan, someone checked off for her to keep going. Mm. But I'm going to be a gentleman and let her use the Scython showers because that sounds like a good time. Hey, let's I, all take, you know take a take a group shower. All right. I I definitely <laughs> put on my slain hat and was like, bitch, no, we are out of here. I want to fight. That's fine. I chose I chose D. I feel like. 
whoever this child was had the right approach. Girls are girls. <laughs> it's true. Um, so Slane takes out the rat, says there's no time for a shower, and said they head to the next room and find it full of sweet-ass treasure and sleeping oh, couches. Fuck it's the yeah. high priest's restroom. Yeah, the crew goes to chill out, but Murden senses evil in the room. Everyone's getting weird, be it sleepy, getting greedy. Ness starts eating a ton. Slane gets real angry. They've all been infected by the seven deadly sins. Oh my god, not that, I guess. They definitely didn't canonically exist at this point, but who cares? <laughs> wow. Anyhow, Nest checks under the bed for more food and finds a zombie warrior in there. It's time Ooh. to fight, but you can't kill the dead. As more emotion is released, more zombies will awaken. Oh my god. <laughs> so, in the game, I chose poorly and I got slough slimed um, from, from the shower. Um, I rolled bad and got slimed. Because of that, lost an hour from my clock. So I'm at 410. Fuck. Real bad. Yeah, so I've lost like 110 minutes, basically. Um, Other choices led to more time loss from losing a limb because there's like a guillotine bathroom or fighting a battle (laughs) orgot that was going to the bathroom in another stall, basically. Oh, my God. That's like a poopy experience. Yeah. So if you want to kill the and if you and if you fought the Orgot, you you could have gotten more treasure, which is pretty cool. Ooh. All the, but whatever. All this adventure takes another ten minutes, so I'm down to four hours even. And now we got to fight a zombie, and both of us are adding one to our dice rolls. Previously, oh, yeah, we've been rolling, we've been rolling two dice and adding one, and the bad guys haven't. But now we're both adding one, and this zombie kicked my ass. I lost nine warp rating overall, and I'm now at a one twenty two warp rating. Oh my god. Like for the next, and then for the next time, we got to mark up this map that the game has Dude. with places to find food and treasure, but it's also full of zombies, so it should be crazy. And this was like real complicated in terms of it's, figuring out how to do this on like a digital uh, scan of the page. Yeah, I, I used like an Excel spreadsheet. It's a little weird. So yeah, <clears throat> I went up against this fucking zombie, and like you, man, this fucking sucked for me. So I went from mm-hmm. 74 warp rating to 66. Uh, because dude kept either matching my blows or I'd get like a fucking three and then he'd get like a goddamn six. And I'm like, what the shit? So it was real bad. Worst, yeah. Zombies, zombies are not fun to fight. Um, I, I marked a bunch of, I marked a bunch of stuff, uh, and I'm so stoked to find out what happens when we upturn <laughs> some rugs and shit. Yeah, definitely. So Slane kills one zombie and runs around taking out the rest as well That's as the awesome. rest of the crew. Sorry, as the rest of the crew falls further into sin, but the zombies keep coming back. Uko helps him by turning the sinners again <laughs> against the zombies. Like, hey, <laughs> that zombie's coming smart. for your food. That zombie's coming for your treasure. It's pretty <laughs> smart, man. I liked it. Yeah. Uko tries to pick a lock to escape but can't and manages to convince Murden, who was possessed by the sin of pride, to open the door for him with magic. I knew this was going to bite us in the ass. I mean, I know I'm leaping oh, yeah. into the future here, but like, god damn it. Yeah, seriously. Um, the door unlocks, freeing the party of their sins and taking out the zombies. But how did Uko survive the curse? Ugh. Buddy, it's because Slane's always cursing him, so he's immune. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> That's like that, that slow pan out of a G.I. Joe or Thundercats uh, television show as everyone's just standing yeah. there like, oh, Uko, and then like pan out laughing. Yeah, total freeze frame laugh kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, anyhow, next time on the Slain comic, Into the Lair of the Nidhug. 
Ooh, Nidhogg. Okay. Yeah. Great game. So, yeah. So for this map, oh, it's hard to explain. You just yeah. got it's a grid, and you got to mark where you this think you'll find us. food or treasure. And if you guess right, then you get the food or the treasure. But if you guess something and there's zombies in there, then you have to fight the zombies. Yeah. So. I end up coming out. I found three food, one treasure, and four zombies. This is going to go to hell. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is a real tough fight. Um, even with 16 warp rating coming back to me, I still lost 20 warp rating overall. I got my ass oh, kicked. Fuck. Um, luckily, with the three food that I found, I got 15 warp point back. So I ended up with 117 warp rating. And I combined that with a... Sorry, and, and and then I got 40 treasure for a total of 130. All of this takes 10 minutes, so I'm at 350. And we're now heading down the passage and a wandering monster attacks. But anyhow, Fox, how did you do? So, uh, fuck this stupid curtain bed problem. So, I I overturned two zombies, got and then for my oh, third nice. treasure, nothing, or, or rather the, the other place that I marked for stuff, I, I got nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found oh, no. one treasure and two food. Uh, out of all of this. So I'm up to 76 and I've got, you know, 140 treasure at this point. Uh, I've, I guess like I, I honed in on my skills. It took me just like a handful of dice rolls to just fucking completely wipe the floor with these zombies. Um, I end with 74 warp rating, 140 treasure, um, 130 minutes, uh, off the clock and, uh, you know, feeling pretty good about myself. Yeah. Nice. So next up, we got to fight a monster, a wandering monster, and you got to roll to randomly generate which one you find. I rolled a three, getting a saber tooth tiger, and if you rolled bad, you could get a tyrannosaur, which actually seems kind of cool. <laughs> Damn, man! I uh, gained thirty life fighting the tiger and got thirty treasure. What? How, how are you, Fox? So, uh, what I okay? So this is a little weird and maybe you can explain Mm -hmm. this to me. So I killed a tiger previously and there's this little word, this little like sentence that they put in there where it's like, Hey, there are two of each of the wandering monsters. So if you killed a saber tooth tiger earlier and faced the second one, be warned. This one is, is it's mate and looking for revenge. So I don't know if that's flavor text. It didn't say it did anything. That's just flavor. And to explain why, if you killed the saber tooth tiger previously, it's not like, uh, well, why, why am I fighting the second tiger? You know, uh, there's, okay. there's a bunch of, cause there's a couple reuses here in the wandering monster chart. Like the, uh, the, the big bird you fight was one that they fought or that you could fight was also one that showed up previously. Okay. I mean, that's just good DMing. Um, yeah. so, uh, I beat the ever loving shit out of this tiger um, I I showed no remorse and I ended up with seventy four warp rating, one hundred and eighty uh, treasure points, and uh, still one hundred and thirty minutes um, off the clock. Nice. So I, I while you were kind of talking through, I did the math. I add seventy six total warp rating to my Whoa. total. Now I have so the, my total is now one hundred and fifty from the monsters I killed. I'm feeling nice. fucking like a million bucks. I chose, totally. I and just to wrap it all up, I say that at the very end of this, it's like, hey, do you take a, or rather, I guess, whatever, do we take a passage out 
Oh no, you you didn't even read the thing. I'm, I'm so, no, I was I'm about to get to that. Ahead. Yeah. I'm such a dick. <laughs> it's no problem, man. After the fight, there's two doors and the main passageway to the tomb. One of the doors is ajar, and it looks like there's books and an ornate box inside. Buddy, I'm getting for that box. All right, what'd you pick? God <laughs> oh, damn. So, all right, there were all these choices, and like, what's weird is that B has all these options, but C is the same option without touching anything. So I was like, yeah, I'll mm-hmm. just do. See, because like the last time I touched stuff in a room, this seemed like a real bad deal. So maybe I'm just like, you know, don't touch anything, man. What someone's gonna once, fucking happen? Once bitten, twice shy. Yeah, I gotta you know. say, man, I got into. I became a professional adventurer to go strange places and touch things. So I'm really <laughs> my hands off that box. Um. This is how you get a restraining order from dungeons, Conrad. <laughs> I don't care, man. I'm already breaking several laws going oh to dungeons, but uh, I'm, I'm I'm there to kill people, you know. So that's, like, whatever. <laughs> that's really fair. All right. So right now, my warp rating is 128. My treasure's 170, and I got three hours and 50 minutes left on the clock. Beautiful. Uh, ne- next time, will the Nidhug kill us? Oh man. I mean, if it's a giant worm that eats you at the end of a fencing video game, then yeah, probably. One can only hope. I know, that's how you really serve your greater purpose, is just by being consumed. Absolutely. Hey, and speaking of a terrifying beings from far away threatening us, Fox. Ooh. (laughs) It's Thrill 3, Judge Dredd. Oh, oh boy. Yeah, that, that size is real, real appropriate. Um, script robot John Wagner and Alan Grant is T.B. Grover. Art robot Cam Kennedy. Lettering robot Tom Frame. And yeah, it's it's yellow peril time in Mega City 1. Oh as my gosh. Shoujan, as Shojan, warlord of G, menaces, menaces the megalopolis. It was acceptable in the 80s. <laughs> bow, bow. <laughs> it was acceptable at the time. At the time. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> at the uh, at the Mega City One Euthanasium, which is apparently oh. a suicide center, <laughs> um, a mysterious figure concentrates, and the wall bulges and explodes. Dread responds, "This was no mercy killing." As more like, you know, how about this euthanasia and jokes of that nature? Um, it's real bad. But I love how bad, he makes yeah. the distinction that, like, hey, they may have been lining up to go to this clinic, but they didn't do it. That makes this murder. These guys are mine. Well, yeah. Plus, like, I'm pretty sure the way that you die in the euthanasium is way better than just getting hit by an explosive blast, you know? That's pretty um, true. Maybe you get to choose your death, right? Kind of like, uh, I, I you know, the meaning of life, like, for Monty Python, where you get chased yeah. by, like, a, a bajillion people on roller skates that are just nude. <sighs> Yeah, definitely. I feel. I definitely feel like that's what it is. That's why it's an asium instead of an and an, instead of an area, euthanasia, area, like cafeteria. <laughs> Anyhow, um, <laughs> a, mis- <laughs> a mysterious man and woman teleport into the hall of into the hall of justice and blast judges around, demanding to be taken to the chief judge. Fifty-two are dead at the euthanasium and dreads again on the case. Meanwhile, at the hall, Shojan and his assistant Sayonara, who basically talks like Harley Quinn, is mm. laying down his demands to Magruder. He claims responsibility for the explosion and wants judges to stay out of his way. Judge Gorky tries to shoot him down, but his gun is psychically blasted away, and the pair teleport as Magruder has dread briefed on the situation. Info comes in from goddamn Nip City. It was acceptable oh. in the 80s. 
Oh, um, God. La- later, it'll be called Hondo City, that Shojan is a major psychic with a bad rap, and that Sayonara is a Mega City One citizen called Wilma, Wilma McNally, who's helping him out. The pair has been located at the Inn on the Sked, and Dredd is sent to check them out. Dredd's pretty stoked about it. Yeah, man. I, I love how he goes about handling this business, right? Like, you know, if you've got some culprits in there and you need to plant a bug, the first thing you do is see if you can kill them first. I mean, these guys seem pretty serious. They already killed 56 people, you know, so they're yeah. – and claim responsibility. So they might as well be arrested and or killed, you know. That's standard Megacity 1 justice, I think. <laughs> Uh, Sayonara has set out in- invitations for Shojan, but she's worried about the judges, with reason, as Dread bursts in, lawgiver firing, but Shojan blocks the bullets. Dread's here to talk to Shojan and isn't in- impressed by his tricks, and he's going to take him down. Shojan is also unimpressed and teleports Dread outside of the place, and Dread's like, okay, now I'm impressed. That's pretty good. <laughs> But he has managed to plant some bugs in their apartment and suggest lasers to take down Shojan because there's no, like, time to think because they move at the speed of light. Boom. Yeah, Dredd sets up shop across from Shojan's apartment, prepping the laser and observing the psychic. At midnight, he gets visitors. Side Judge Omar recognizes them, all the city's top side criminals. It seems that various atomic wars have changed the elemental forces, causing them to co-join here and now in Mega City One instead of previously Whatever like the Fiends of all Gene, of that I guess. Means. You know, all the ley lines have shifted. It's a standard thing. Uh, Shojan <laughs> has a plan to summon the Seven Samurai, mystic warriors of mayhem and destruction. Whoever controls them is invincible. Not the, the movie, si- uh, I guess. No, different, yeah. With the side criminals' help, Shojan can summon them. Of course, the crooks say no, but it's not up for debate as Shojan sucks the minds out of a couple of objectors to show the power of his magic. I just thought he blew up a dude's head. Yeah. At last, Dredd gets the kill order, but before he can fire the laser, they've all teleported away. And (sighs) that's an important thing to remember, that Magruder waited with the kill order until it was too late, all right? Okay. I noted mentally. Yeah. Splash, the splash page shows us the end as the blood rituals are performed, sacrifices made, and Shojian summons force to summon the samurai. But let's go back to Shojian and the size teleporting away, and Dread has to get mobile. The size arrive at the burnt-out Cyril Lord block, the previous site of the World Eating Championships, where Harold Stodgman ate a ton, a literal ton of food oh in God. episodes 102 and 4, if you, if, if you remember. Real Uh-oh. good. Yeah. Sayonara lies on a table to be sacrificed for the samurai. Meanwhile, all the side judges are called in and they learn Shojan's location. Dread rushes to Cyril Lord. As the moon reaches its apex, Shojan names the samurai, stabs his assistant, and summons them forth. I love how they just start cool. bursting out of the ground. Like, yeah, we're here. Totally. And they're wearing, like, sort of traditional wicker like samurai armor and stuff Mm. which is kind of cool pulling a full rogue trooper as you do yeah as an h wagon flies by (laughs) that's funny by the way as an h wagon (laughs) flies by and attacks the block by by order of shojan the um the judges are the samurai's first victim their deadly arrows piercing the ship and sending it out of control it's real cool yeah just giant (laughs) arrows reminds me of dark souls fucking like uh, Dragon Hunter bow, man. Just, like, launch these fucking Definitely. huge steel arrows. It's fucking badass. 
Yeah, real neat. Sojan has a samurai kill the criminal size, and these samurais are real big, like twice the size of a normal person. The judges arrive, but their weapons have no effect. There's some more racial slurs, and Dr- Dred's oh. bike is down, and the judges get and uh, the judge gets thrown into a wall. Oh man, what's gonna happen to this fall- guy? Maybe he's just taking a it's- nap. It's tough. The judges fall back. The samurai seem unbeatable. Judge Omar thinks killing Shojan will disperse the samurai, and Magruder orders a, an airstrike on the Cyril Lord block. Yes, it's a protected ruin, but not attacking it is a luxury we can't afford. And that's a reference to Cyril Lord, who was a furniture salesman, and his like tagline was, Luxury you can afford with Harrow Lord, or with Cyril Lord. Yeah. That's pretty good. Sever- yeah, decent. Several men to tanks fire, but nothing can penetrate Shojan's psychic shield. Dread yes. comes to, still groggy. He's been left for dead, but maybe he can strike back against Shojan next time. Dread versus the warlord, and one will die. And oh, I hope it's not Dread. <laughs> Shojan is so totally that kid that you, you know, when you're really young playing your pretensies oh, games. Yeah. Who's like, well, I have teleport, so I just get away. Oh, well, you can't hit me with mm-hmm. your fucking missiles because I have a protective shield because I'm a powerful psychic. Like, yeah, and he's also a rich kid, so he's got all seven of the seven, of the seven samurai action figures and won't let you play with any of them. You know? <laughs> yeah, they're his Instead, guys. he's just walking all... Yeah. So instead, he's just walking around your house, like, using the seven samurai to kill all your toys. And it's like, man, like, come on. This is ridiculous. We, we invited <laughs> you over pa- here so that we could, like, hang out, and you were just being a dick. I hate that our parents are friends. Anyhow. Oh my god. <laughs> so true. <laughs> Anyhow. Oh man. Yeah. Rough stuff. Real good cliffhanger though with Dread, just how how they're mm. gonna figure how they're gonna take these guys out. It's gonna be real exciting and cause some big changes actually in the world of Judge Dredd, so I'm Ooh. I'm excited for it. Yeah, things I'm less excited for, of course, are non thrills, covers, and nerve center. <laughs> Woo. Yeah, Prague 451, it's a New Year's Eve episode of Space Spinner 2000, and it's a cat's blood kind of day for Halo Jones. Oh, God. She's uh, not having a good one. No. In in the nerve center, Super Tharg brings tidings of thrill power with Dread, Ace, and Halo Jones. Oh, just a second. Okay, yep, sorry. Um, <laughs> there's a picture of Johnny Alpha looking very much like a toad from Super... Looking like Toad from Super Mario, a family reading 2000 AD together, even Granddad. I was going to say, it also might look like someone's penis, but I... Yeah, I'm trying to... I'm trying to, you know, do do the PG version. So we also hear from an Australian reader who's having difficulty getting progs in a timely manner. And yeah, again, Tharg just suggests that he come to the UK every week to buy one. Like, that seems like the easiest way to do it for sure. Seems ridiculous. (laughs) You know, it's always the good one, the good move. Um, Yes. There's a big ad for 2080 back issues here from a comic book shop. Ten pounds mm-hmm. for Prog One, up to thirty-five Jesus. pence for Prog Four, fifty-one and up. And the Prog ends with a recap of these slain rules and a Mick McMahon history of justice pinup as Dread and Fergie have a meat fight from Prog One Hundred One. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Prog Four Fifty Two. Shojan and he, um has Dread or sorry hits Dread with some crazy magic in this Cam Kennedy cover. Pretty neat trick, Tojo. Again, acceptable in the 80s. Uh. In the nerve center, Tharg fully starts Halo Jones and Ace Trucking and has these slain rules. It's kind of interesting 
how the fresh start rules have you with 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 more life and less time than playing through hmm. sorry, with less life and less time than just sort of playing through normally another history of justice at the end of this episode of this issue mcmahon draws that time dread returns from luna one and didn't arrest anybody or do anything until he signed back into the justice central like you know to be officially <laughs> redeputized or whatever yeah man he and i remember him commenting he's like man it's i'm a normal citizen right now look at me <laughs> yeah it's out for his walk drug 451 hammer that helmet halo jones is in the army now in a fun ian gibson cover and the nerve center Thargo Sump lays out the pitch for the forthcoming 2000 AD spinoff comic Dice Man. There's interesting. Picture, yeah, there's a picture of the two faces of Joe Pineapples. Requests yeah. for more Judge Death. Dread Strontium Dog badges. There's questions from an American reader and how to pronounce Beetlejuice. Tharg has many suggestions. <laughs> a father keeping his first hundred progs to give his three-year-old daughter when she grows up. The prog ends. That's nice. It, the prog ends with a very nice Glenn Fabry pinup of Nest and Uko hanging out over the body of a dead primordial. Nest does not seem very happy about it. <laughs> I bet I am very happy about Nest, man. She's cute. Yeah, definitely. Prog f- 454, it's Dread versus the Samurai. The cover says that a judge in a, dra- in a Jap trap, Dread for the Chop uh. Chop. So acceptable in the 80s. <laughs> Smaller nerve center this week as Tharg makes a big deal about Dice Man coming soon. And then mid-prog, there's a big section for it. And for £1.45, you get 60 page, 68 pages of solo adventure action starring your favorite 2080 characters. It's all pretty cool. Based. Yeah, I, I like it. So it's you are Nemesis, you are Dread, you are Slain. There's some cool art, cool new art for all the stories. I'm pretty excited for someday for us to get to a uh, space spinner uh, redice man, so we can talk about these <laughs> <laughs> redice man. Yeah, that'll be after we finish both reaction for Store Lord and Retro NATO. It's a oh bold idea for a comic. <laughs> yeah, spoilers by the way. Um, bold idea for a comic, that unfortunately, only lasts for like four issues. Oh. This, yeah, it's, it's rough. You know, this comic ends with a first in a series of pinups, the New Masters, which is uh, 2080 artists drawing their top characters and being cool. This time it's Ian Gibson with uh, Dread, Sam Slade, Hoagie and Stogie, Halo Jones, and, to- and Toby, as well as Tharg himself. And I really like how he signs this thing with its various aliases, as well as Ian Gibson, both Emberton and Q Twerk. Cool. Yeah, we're gonna get a lot of a lot of these, like it's or a, a couple at least. I think they're kind of funny just because it's it's funny who claims what. Like I a cu- like there's a lot of Judge Andersons in in these coming up. Although actually, I think you know it's just like Robin Smith does when he did like one page or or one issue of the uh, Anderson wow. solo story. You know? All right, buddy. You know, anyhow. Uh, but you know, I mean, hey, Anderson, that's a character everybody likes. And speaking of returning characters, Fox. That everybody apparently likes. Yeah. Thrill for ace trucking. <laughs> I I do this is this is so cleverly tongue in cheek. I, I like it. Yeah, definitely. Uh script robot Alan Grant and John Wagner's Grant Grover, art robot Massimo Bellardinelli, letting robot Tony Jacob. So when we last saw Ace Garp, he was heading into the into the heart of a star rather than die of wuzzle disease. Or, I mean, I last saw him having a random adventure in the 2080 annual where, again, I, <laughs> I didn't tell 
um, Zane was doing the show with that like Ace is already dead because I feel like it would, it would throw a blanket on the proceedings. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Fox, what happens when a comic hero, when, when a comic strip hero, when they die or become redundant, man, they show up in the bottom drawer of the third filing cabinet from the left in the command module. All the oh, dead guys geez. are in there. <laughs> and even guys who aren't, who weren't killed. We, we see some people come back. Yeah, there's a murderer's row of characters. Call me Kenneth, a fiend from the Eastern Front, former editorial droid AALN1, several members of the Angel family, members of the Mutant <laughs> Army, the God droid, I think Angel, like yeah. the fighter pilot guy. Even yeah, Black I Hawk think so Ursa too. and the boys. <laughs> I mean, and, and Ursa doesn't say anything, but I, I wish he did. Yeah. I miss Ursa. Me too. I miss all those guys. Yeah, Blackhawk is like, hey, we didn't even die, but they just haven't brought us back for like 500 progs. What the heck? <laughs> uh, they had their reasons, buddy. I guess so. They do get the... Um, sorry, they do apparently get the progs in the drawer, though. So Ace learns that the Wuzzles disease that, he, that um, Jago said he had was all a joke. Oh, man. He curses his fate, but suddenly the door opens. Tharg snags Ace because it seems that everybody <sighs> wants Ace to come back to life. There's a pile of males in the command center. And hey, why not bring him back? Whatever. Well, I mean, he's yeah, dead. Sure. But we can deal with that, man. Ace trucking his back by popular demand. Oh my god, you can scream and holler and you'll get your way. I mean, you know, I feel like that's what it always is with comics, you know? Like, mm. they, they can't keep a dead character down. Or actually, well, I mean, sometimes they can. Actually, 2000 AD, I think, is is reasonably good with that. We'll see some big exceptions, mm. but a lot of time, but most of the time, people stay dead. Um, you know, not not dread, of course, but he often just appears dead. Whatever. Um, <laughs> anyway, let's let's get to the doppel the doppelgarp story box. Oh, geez. The, oh my God, doppelgarpers. <laughs> The, the ace trucking team is boiling down the main line when they get a distress call and good background stuff as GBH and Ace's scarf have like a fight as they're doing all this stuff. Pretty great. There's no response, so they fly over quickly. The ship is under attack from Scavies, a breed of winged flying space monster. Ace <laughs> zaps him away, and we get just a precious shot of GBH in his spacesuit, which is like gold oh, for these for these frogs. So beautiful. <laughs> I love that thing. Yeah, as he fly as he flies over to rescue whoever's in the ship, the whole thing is melted and weird, but less melted inside. Ace and GBH investigate, and there's something familiar about this place. They check the cockpit and find the body of Ace Garp. Another Ootenheck. Ootenheck, indeed. Everyone's pretty freaked out by this second Ace nightmare come true. No, he he. Yeah, what? dude. I don't want two of you running around. No way. It's only so many schemes. Uh, but the ghost has done a body scan. It's an exact double of Ace, a doppelganger. Beep oh, my God. Out. Yeah. He thinks it's a ghost, but Ace isn't so sure. The ghost says that it's probably an Ace from an alternate universe. But, you know, how is he here? Who knows? The ghost starts healing his wounds, and Ace gets him a new scarf. 36 hours <laughs> later... The Speedo Ghost docks at Beehive 5. They unload their cargo and get a new one, which is mixed seed for Thicken City. Mm -hmm. But it turns out this cargo is part of a scheme. They're actually smuggling something in Chicken City. A Man. bunch of Reister secret agents are following them, preparing to take them down. There are two <laughs> things that I love about him during the chicken feed exchange. So first, there's the Bellardinelli 
head on a turtle body with a turtle piloting the Bellardinelli spacecraft. It's fucking bizarre. <laughs> but also, as Garp is talking to the guy doing the deal, he's like sticking his fingers in the other guy's finger pods. It's like got two fingers. Mm-hmm. It's like jamming his fingers in there, and his uh, scarf is just like ruffling through the guy's fucking <laughs> clothes. Like, it's weird. Bellardinelli's really going all out with really animating and show and, and giving us a ton of scarf and other background action in the course of this yeah. story, even more it's than beautiful. before. And it's, it's always been pretty high in Ace Trucking. Mm-hmm. So the Ace Boys are headed to a rendezvous under surveillance from Chicken Secret agents. They notice this and that that the cacklers are onto them. He says to give up, but Ace knows these guys aren't that bright and manages to <laughs> lose them by saying he's renting a pot and the chickens come after him. Some fancy flying fall, some fancy flying allows him to quickly cause the cacklers to crash into them. After all, chickens aren't meant to fly. Um, great oh flying God. art here, and I love how silly these chickens are. Oh, it's pretty hilarious. Ace, yeah, soon Ace meets his supplier and they're smuggling beetles. Next time, oh, beetles for sale. Why? Well, I, I mean, I guess Beatles for I, what? I, this? Did you ever see that episode of Tailspin where it's like? Uh, I mean, this is gonna be weird for people. Where Baloo, he's going to all these different islands and like trading things for different things because on different islands they're worth more. And then eventually he's like, "Don't worry, because once we get this final thing, it's gonna we're gonna get a big payoff." So this reminds <laughs> me of. For me, yeah, I just really love these. Uh... Like, this is really Bellardinelli really jumping back in and getting real crazy with all this stuff. I'm really excited for this version of Ace Trucking. I mean, yeah, I've actually heard kind of bad things for this run, but I think it should still be pretty fun. Um, you know, I just love having a funny comic as some of these ones are getting kind of grim. So it's good to oh, have yeah. a counterbalance to it, you know? Yeah, like, exactly. Like, starting with sad-ass Halo Jones and ending oh. with a fun Ace Trucking is a really good, uh, like, thrill progression, I guess. Yeah. Feels like pretty the, good. The, uh, like the dinner term or whatever. It's a good dessert at the after having some some, some heavy stuff. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, speaking of stuff that might be a little heavy, but is also very exciting, it's Thrill Five Strontium Dog. Oh hell yeah! It's time to fucking clobber some goblins. Some goblin clobbering. I love this. I love Vikings fighting monsters. Man, this is great. Also, speaking of characters dying and staying dead. Anyhow, a uh, scripter about oh, Alan Grant wait, and what? John Wagner as Alan Grant. Art about Carlos Escara, letting her about Gordon Robson as Kid Robson. So, it's 793 AD, Fox. Mutant bounty hunter Johnny Alpha is on the trail of the evil mutant Max Bubba and his gang. It's a time Hell travel yeah. bounty hunt, as always. He's enlisted the help of local Viking Wolf Sturmhammer and his longship crew. That's getting rough. As they're being attacked by again freaking goblins oh man <laughs> dude just hammering the fuck out of these guys definitely johnny starts blasting them as they attack wolf taking down a nearby tree and this turns the tide as the vikings fight back with terrifying ferocity the goblins are confusing to both johnny and wolf and they're perhaps caused by the bubba gang's time distortions but who mm. knows after taking some time to knock out Hakan the Berserker, who to get him to stop berserking, they and the, and then unsuccessfully interrogating one of the surviving goblins, the Vikings <laughs> bury their de- bury the dead of the local village and their own fallen. Wolf gives Johnny a goblin axe for protection, and the crew heads out to find Bubba and his gang. 
goblin axes. It's I love the the reason he's like, dude, it's good to it's really good to kill uh the enemy with their own stuff. So here you go, man. Definitely. Yeah, and you need to close in things that blaster can have its problems sometimes. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, and speaking of Max Weapons gang, black clad Vikings are attacking a village. They burn the Giant place bat and helm. Yeah, they're all got cool Viking helmets. Uh, bat fighting elements and stuff. They burn the place and gather the townsfolk. They're looking for anybody who bears the name Thorison, and those people who do are slaughtered by the command of Max Bubba. Oh in another village, Bubba and his gang are organizing the raids, bringing in slaves and loots, and and executing all the Thorisons, apparently at random as a warning to future folks. <laughs> Ragnarok is coming, proven by a sudden earthquake and an active volcano opening up nearby. Aboard the Dragon Breath, things are getting bad. The sea runs red. Electricity is in the air, literally setting the ship's sails on fire. Oh, my fuck, man. That's it's not crazy. good. No. The Vikings hack them loose, but they come down on Johnny Alpha. Oh, my God. What are we going to do? Yeah. Johnny's trapped under the beams and the burning sails, and only Wolf's massive strength is able to save him. They, they've so now awesome. saved each other's lives, which is pretty awesome. But... It's not over yet, as the dragon's breath is now pulled beneath a massive whirlpool. The crew tries to escape as we cut to the future, where we see the effects of the time distortions causing Mayor Tommy Thorson of Atlanta, Georgia, to suddenly burst into flame during a speech and then wink out of existence. That's so bizarre. Yeah, it's the effect of Max Bubba killing all the Thorsons and, like, you know... uh, Echoing through to the future. A message from the past. He's going to destroy the world. I like in their version of, of changing changing the past. Instead of just phasing out and no one really remembering who they were or what was even about them, they just burst into flames. You know, sometimes, you know, I feel like that's a, it's, it's a more fun, dramatic kind of time. Travel, yeah. You know? Come no, that's on. what I'm saying. No one likes the fucking fade out. That's so fucking boring of bursting into flames. You're just like, oh shit, why did that happen? Because time's getting yeah, all if, fucked up. You figured you'd still remember them. It's just that you don't understand why it's happening, right? Like, yeah. What if cooler. the photograph? What if the photograph that Marty McFly had in his pocket just caught on fire and stuff? That'd oh, be awesome. That would be so fucking. That'd scare the shit out of him, right? Like, oh fuck. Yeah, definitely. So, in the doghouse, the cops and scientists survey the damage that Max Bubba is wreaking on is wreaking on the past. If Johnny doesn't finish his mission, the world could end. Meanwhile, the Dragon Breath is stuck in a mighty maelstrom. The ship is breaking up, but Wolf doesn't blame Johnny for their fate, which seems like very polite, I guess. <laughs> in in the throes of death, he's like, "Nah, man, it's not your it's not your bad. We were we were totally down to clown, you know." No one could have seen this coming. The ship is breaking up, but Wolf can't... Uh, sorry. Uh, deep into the whirlpool go our heroes, their ship destroyed. Deep underwater, Johnny suddenly sees light above him. He desperately swims towards it and eventually surfaces under inside some kind of cave. Eleven Ooh. Vikings, including Johnny, have survived the storm, and Johnny is even more pissed. He'll give Max Bubba Ragnarok. Fuck yeah, man. <laughs> Getting battle-hardened Johnny. All right, next time, dog bones. Oh, man. I love oh, Strontium man. Dog. Who yeah. can't enjoy a Strontium Dog comic? These are just real you. fun. All these past... I don't... That person sounds miserable. All these past adventures are real fun, man. Just all these Vikings doing stuff. Max Bubba, mm. like, messing around with the future. I love that that part of time travel. Oh, it's all real good. I fucking love and it. And 
man, with that, Fox, Ooh. with with freaking that, we find ourselves at the end of January 1986. Prog's 451 to 454. Man, in 86, I can't believe it. Like into this entering this ninth year of 2000 AD. Oh and my god. Because of that, I only have one question for you, which is Ooh. what were your top and bottom thrills? Bottom first, it's dread. Oh god, it's fucking. I mean, maybe uh, it was something people liked. I can't. Uh, it's weird and it's racy, man. Oof, it's real bad. Mm-hmm. It's getting there. It's getting there for me. Where I'm like, you didn't have to, but you did. The samurai thing is kind of cool, I guess. But uh, this one was a little hard to overlook for me. It was just kind of extra on the nose. Um, that's all I'll say. But it. it's not the worst dread ever. It's just not mm-hmm. one that I that I want to have be somewhere near the top. But man, oh man, other than this blemish, this whole fucking like god gosh darn it month was fucking <laughs> great. It's so hard for me to choose because I mean, okay, so here's the deal. It is Halo Jones because welcome back. You're great. It's just like I I, I love this comic so much. It's beautiful. The writing's great. Like the the character development's interesting. Fucking toy is back. Uh, we got like some interesting backstory with her. But I have to mention, Slain is awesome and just keeps shit going. He threw a woman into a bunch of gulags, and those gulags gooed on her. Man, it was gross. And then the whole time, you and I were shooting dice in the alley, wondering uh, what monsters we were gonna kill. Not gambling. We're we're good boys. And then Ace Garp is back, and it's kind of funny. Like, I'm into it. And then fucking Strontium Dog, great. All of it was good. Those are my top and bottom. Conrad, there is only one thing that all the people of this world, the billions of people who definitely uh, want to know your opinion right now, top and bottom thrills, January 1986, don't keep us waiting. Billions of people potentially listening to this podcast. Indeed. Oh, I mean, Uh listen, past, present, and future. Fair enough. So I'll say I'm going to be with you, man. Um, Dread is a real easy choice for bottom here. A lot mm-hmm. of things are real good in this and just sort of something that ends up being just especially honestly, I'd say the worst offenders are the covers like Simon yeah. Geller. You're letting me down with the cover copy for this Dread story with like Oof. the racial slurs and stuff like that, you know, Um that I think is a real black mark, and so, you know this is this one doesn't get talked about as much as like the ro- as the Robo Hunter, like like Blakey Pentax, oh, sure. but still rough, you know, especially because like Shojan doesn't even speak with an accent or anything like that. It seems like he's sort of doing his own, you know, sort of mm. seems respectable or something. Um, but yeah, so Dread in the bottom for me. Well, this is an important story, and I'm interested to see where it goes. Um, for top. <sighs> There's so many good choices. I mean, I, know, I don't think Strontium right? Dog, just because this is sort of just the middle of the story for mm-hmm. it, so it sort of is a little bit further down. I really like the meta, like 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 the meta opening of um, <laughs> Ace Trucking is really funny. Yeah. I love that. I, I, you know, while I, you know, of course we're bored of like of like the Tharg comics and stuff. This idea mm-hmm. of all the characters being alive and hanging out in the backstage of um, 2000 AD is something I really liked. Like I think I talked That's about novel. it. I think I've I've talked about it with uh, with Meltdown Man. How I how I I, 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 say, I say that a Meltdown Man and Shacko are the same bear. You know, like a like <laughs> how, how balloons in that in the uh, in the cartoon 
Disney Robin Hood movie, you know? Mm. <laughs> so, so this sort of gives credence to that. So I sort of appreciate that, um, whatever. But I got to agree. I think the opening is Halo Jones or the, uh, the, 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 the top thrill is Halo Jones. It's gotta be just the, uh, the feeling of hopelessness in that, um, in, in the opening part, like in, in, in the prologue of seeing yeah. her like sort of drunken and, um, and, you know, down on her luck and sort of the whole world talking of, you know, the whole world moving past her. There's some really great, like, like lines in there that I didn't get a chance to sort of, you know, put through in my, in my summary, but it's like, you know, um, it's real great. Like, you know, that, that halo is moving in, in smaller and smaller circles as the world yeah. sort of tightening around her and stuff. Oh, it's so amazing. And it really brings you into this story that ha- has seemed so hopeful in the past, but now um, it's taken on, you know, put you in this spot for a new way forward. So yeah. I'm really excited for that one. I'm, I, I, I want to see more Halo Jones. This was a really cracking start that just really got me to like want to rush ahead and read through all the Halo Jones stories I'm, that I can. I'm definitely fucking see excited. See where it goes, you know? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's going to be real good. And I hope everybody enjoyed the show. As always, you can find Space Spinner 2000 on iTunes, Stitcher, the Google Play Store, or on our podcast sites at uh, spacespinner2000.com. Feel free to contact us at spacespinner2000 at gmail.com on the 2080 forums or on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages. On Twitter, we're at spacespinner2k. For everything else, just look up Space Spinner 2000, and we should be there. Then check us out on Friday as Space Spinner Reaction moves to its new day. And we continue checking out classic British comics. We're nearing the halfway point of uncensored action. And come back next time as Halo Jones musters out and back into the army. We deal with the warlord Fallout. We've got dueling aces. Johnny and Wolf battle the underworld. And we finally reach the tomb of Grinismo. Yeah, it's got trolls and stuff. Oh, man, it's going to be good. Awesome. (laughs) Excellent. Until then, I'm Conrad Heesbox. And we are Space for 2000. All right, here we go. Oh, yeah. Borag Thung. Yeah. (laughs) Borag Thung, Earthlets. Oh, my God. You messed me up, buddy. (laughs) 